Please join me as we pray. Our gracious God, our loving, holy, heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death and resurrection. We thank you for his impending return. We pray that as we reflect on your word now that we might understand rightly when Jesus is coming back and how to be prepared. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Since Jesus went to heaven some 2,000 years ago, there have always been people who've tried to set dates for his return. The Jehovah's Witnesses are famous for it. They've predicted more than half a dozen dates for Jesus' return. Many Christians have also tried to do it, including in Sydney. At one stage, early last century, some people thought Jesus was about to return, and so they all went down to Balmoral Beach to watch him come through Sydney heads. A few years ago, there was a Korean group based in Gladesville, they thought Jesus was coming back, so they gave up their jobs, uh, sold all their houses, and, or gave away their houses and cars and so on in preparation for Jesus to return. Uh, at the end of the last millennium, lots of people, including, including a number of people from Sydney, went to Jerusalem. Uh, they wanted to be there on the Mount of Olives to see Jesus return. Uh, a while ago, there was a group who believed that Jesus was going to return to Westfield Parramatta. Quite why he was going to Westfield Parramatta, I'm not sure. I mean, I understand Jesus is an Eels fan, of course, I understand Parramatta, but, but why he would go to Westfield, I don't know. Has he got some shopping to do or something like that? Um, even today, you can go to all kinds of Signs of the Times conferences. Uh, they try to tell you when Jesus is going to return on the basis of current world events. And they get very specific about it. Let me read to you at length from one End Times website. One thing is for certain, prophecy in the Bible shows that today's events are fulfilling the signs of the end time, and the end is coming soon. All around, we can see our world is in turmoil. If you examine them closely, current news stories are rife with details pointing to Christ's return and the fulfilment of biblical prophecy in our time. Revelation 17 warns of the coming of the beast, or the Antichrist, and the great power he will wield over our world. This prophecy in the Bible is becoming clearer every day with the expansion of the European Union. Once a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians is signed, the region will become the centrepiece of end times events to come. Recent attempts by the Obama administration point to a scenario that could see the conflict in Israel come to an end soon. Part of that agreement is that the ancient Temple Mount would be shared by both Jews and Muslims, allowing for the reconstruction of the old temple. The Bible says in Daniel 9 that the Jews will rebuild this temple and restart the practices of traditional Judaism, including animal sacrifices for sins. The temple will then be captured by the Antichrist and desecrated in his name, which will initiate the Great Tribulation. The sixth trumpet, Revelations 9, will bring a massive war to the Euphrates River basin in the Middle East. Developments in the Middle East currently have shown just how close the world is to such a war with dwindling oil supplies, increased insurgency in the region and a continued international involvement, this war threatens to draw in the entire world very soon. When all of the events of the final seven years have passed, where end-time prophecy in the Bible has been fulfilled, the seventh and final trumpet will sound and Christ will return to earth. Recent events have shown that we can expect these prophecies to come to fruition soon, bringing the, seven final year, seven, bringing the final seven years closer to fulfilment. You must be ready, unless you would like to spend eternity separated from God. 
Heed the warnings of end time prophecy in the Bible with our Understanding the End Time DVD series for only $199 and you will have nothing to fear. <clears throat> Interesting stuff. Uh, but there is at least one thing they say that is true. Jesus is coming back. Jesus himself promised to come back. When, when Jesus ascended to heaven, do you remember the angel said, he will come back in the same way you've seen him go. This is something the Christian church has always believed. And it's something that Paul and Silas taught very early on in church history. Uh, they taught the Thessalonians that Jesus would return when they planted that church in Thessalonica. Uh, but it seems that since they've gone in Thessalonica, a bit of an issue has arisen. Uh, it seems perhaps that someone was telling them Jesus would come back on a particular date. And they were trying to tell the Thessalonians, you're not ready properly for Jesus to return, no doubt, unless you buy a $199 DVD about it or something like that. Uh, so here in chapter 5, Paul deals with the issue of the timing of the return of Jesus and he tells the Thessalonians how to be prepared. When it will happen, how to be prepared. First thing, first thing Paul says is that the Thessalonians already know the answer to this issue. They don't need to worry about anyone who sets dates or anything like that. Paul doesn't even need to write about this, he says, because they know what they need to know already. What do they know? Jesus will return, God's final judgment will come, no one will escape, and they know about when it will happen. They know it will come at an unannounced time, like a thief in the night, like labour pains on a pregnant woman. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1, have a look with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, which is kind of a saying in the Roman Empire under the Pax Romana, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Notice those two illustrations, quite vivid illustrations, aren't they? Uh, first, the thief. The significance of the uh, thief illustration. I'm not an expert on thieving myself, uh, and it's not my job to help you be a thief. Uh, but if you are going to be a thief, let me give you one piece of advice. Don't warn people that you're coming. Don't ring them up in advance and tell them what time you will be there. Uh, don't, uh, don't distribute business cards on the street saying, I'll be in your area on such and such an evening or something like that. It's not going to work. The essence of thieving is surprise. Uh, thieves, I reckon thieves need to take a lesson from most Australian tradesmen. Never say when you're coming. <laughs> and if you do tell people you're coming at a certain time, make sure you don't come when you said. <laughs> Jesus will come like a thief. In other words, he's not going to tell you when he's coming. If you think you know when he is coming, you're wrong. Second illustration makes the same point. The return of Jesus will be like the onset of labour pains. Again, that's the thing about labour pains, isn't it? At least in the days before oxytocin, you can't predict when they're going to start. Labour pains come as a surprise. We once had a friend go into labour on our lounge room floor. Now, she and Carmelina were having a bit of a, a girly night. They were waxing their legs and painting their nails and so on. Uh, this girl went into labour on our lounge room floor, but she'd only waxed one of her legs. <laughs> she refused to go to hospital with only one leg waxed. And so she insisted in between contractions on getting Carmelina to wax the other leg. 
When she screamed, Carmelina couldn't tell if it was labour pain or the pain of having her legs waxed. My guitar teacher's wife had a very similar, very rapid uh, onset of labour pains, so unexpected and quick that my guitar teacher had to deliver his own baby on the lawn of his parents-in-law's house. The thief in the night, labour pains, both illustrations mean the same thing. You cannot set a date for Jesus to return. You can't know. The day of Jesus' return, Judgment Day, it will come unannounced. But, Paul goes on to say, you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it if you are relying on Jesus. If you are relying on Jesus, it's, it's as if you're in the daytime. It's as if you're wide awake. You're not living in the nighttime when, when you can't tell that thieves, are, when you're going to be surprised by thieves. You're not going to be surprised if a thief comes. If you're relying on Jesus, it's like you're in broad daylight. Verse 4, but you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. A few years ago, when Carmelina and I were living just in this house next door, um, we were having lunch with a couple from church. Um, the husband's name was Mark. Mark was a, a diver in the Navy. In fact, he'd been conscripted from the Canadian Navy to come and help train uh, Australian Navy divers. Mark had muscles in places where I don't even have places. Uh, he, 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 he was a trained killing machine, this man. Anyway, while Mark and I were chatting in the lounge room just here in the house, a thief <clears throat> jumped over the back fence and started looking around, scratching around in the backyard, and then came up to the back door and peered into the window. And there we were, in the middle of the day, wide awake, uh, in Mark's case, at least more than a match for some thief. The thief took one look at him, jumped back over the fence and went scooting down the street as fast as he could. While we were in the day, while we were awake, we didn't need to worry about a thief. In the same way, as long as you're a Christian, you don't need to worry about Jesus' return. It's like you are wide awake in the middle of the day with a muscly Navy guy sitting next to you. You're prepared. If you're a Christian, it's like you're living in the daytime. And so Paul goes on to say, don't be a non-Christian. And he continues with the image. He says, don't be asleep when the thief comes. Don't be drunk when the thief comes. Don't, don't be a nighttime person. Be a daytime person. Be ready. What does that mean? How do you be prepared? How do you be awake and sober? It's very simple. Be a Christian. Have faith, hope and love. Have faith in Jesus as your saviour and king. Love for God and love for his people. Hope patiently for Jesus to return. If that's you, if you're trusting Jesus, if you're loving him and his people, if you're hoping for his return, you're ready. You are, to change metaphor, prepared for battle. You've got your armour on. Verse 6. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who drunk, get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. The Thessalonians don't need, don't need to know when Jesus is returning, living in faith, hope and love, they're already ready. They've got their armour on. Paul goes on to give two more reasons now why the Thessalonians don't need to fear the return of Jesus, why, why they can be 
where they are ready and, and can look forward to the return of Jesus. Now, first reason, first reason is about God's choice. Now, a lot of people get upset about the idea of God choosing people or, or appointing people. But Paul says, no, 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 God's choice of you is a reason for you to look forward to the day of Jesus' return. Because if you are in Christ, God has chosen you not to face his anger, but to be saved from his anger. Verse 9. For God did not appoint us, did not choose us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another reason not to be scared. God has chosen you, if you're trusting in Jesus, to receive salvation. Second reason. Second reason that the Thessalonians don't need to fear the return of Jesus is because of the, the, the reason that Jesus died. Jesus died for you, Paul says, so that you can live with him. And he just thinks briefly back to the issue we were talking about last week. He says it doesn't matter if you're awake or asleep. It doesn't matter if you're dead or alive when Jesus returns. The very reason he died for you is not that so you'll suffer anger, not so you'll face God's punishment, not so you'll be separated from God. The very reason Jesus died for you is so you will live together with him. Verse 10. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, alive or dead, we may live together with him. See these two other reasons why Christians don't need to fear judgment day? God's plan, his choice is to save us on that day. And that is why Jesus died for us. And so there's nothing to worry about. For a Christian, the return of Jesus should hold no fear. It's not going to be like a surprise robbery. It'll be more like a surprise birthday party. Have you ever had a surprise birthday party? I've tried to give Carmelina some surprise birthday parties. It never works. She always knows exactly what I'm doing. Have you ever had a surprise birthday party? Was it anything to worry about? Of course it wasn't. I'm sure it was a very happy surprise for you. And so Paul says to the Thessalonians, don't stress about times and dates. Don't buy any $199 DVDs. Just get on with living as a Christian and help each other. Help each other to keep going as Christians. Build each other up as Christians. Help each other to live lives of faith and hope and love while you wait for Jesus to return. It's no big secret, Paul says to the Thessalonians. He says, just keep on doing what you're doing because in Christ you're already ready. Verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Okay, can you see what's here in this passage? It's actually a very simple one, isn't it? When will Jesus return? Answer, we don't know. How do you be ready then? Trust Jesus. Encourage each other to keep trusting Jesus. How do we apply this passage to ourselves? I think it applies very directly, I think, to us, doesn't it? We're still waiting for Jesus to return and everything Paul says still applies. I guess the first thing to say, um, first thing to say is we can ignore all of the signs of the times stuff that people go on with. Don't, don't bother going to the conferences. Don't buy the $199 DVDs. The moment someone tells you they know when Jesus is returning, you know they're wrong. The moment someone tells you that this person is the Antichrist or that is the sixth trumpet, you know they're wrong. Stop listening. They're wasting your time. We do not know when Jesus will return. That's the one thing we do, we, we do know. The one thing we do know is that we don't know. You get that? Yeah. We don't know when Jesus will return, but we do know how to be ready. Friends, Jesus died for you. And the very reason he died for you is so that you can live together with him. 
You don't have to fear his return. This is the same man who died for you. And God has chosen you. If you're trusting in Jesus, you can know that God has chosen you, not to suffer his anger, but to receive salvation on that day. So keep trusting Jesus. Keep loving Jesus and and keep encouraging other people. Keep meeting with other Christians. This day is real. This day is coming. Jesus will return. We're to keep encouraging each other to be ready for Jesus to return. Encourage each other to live lives of faith, hope and love. The writer to the Hebrews put it like this. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching, that day is approaching, let's help each other. You may remember a while ago there was an advertising campaign from the federal government. It was about the threat of terrorism. It was called, um, not uh, don't be scared, be prepared, as, as in our kids' talk, it was called be alert but not alarmed. People remember that? Well, let, let me quote from one of the brochures. Protecting the Australian way of life from a possible terrorist threat. Terrorism has changed the world and Australia is not immune. But the way of life we all value so highly must go on. Australians are friendly, decent, democratic people and we're going to stay that way. National security has been significantly upgraded to detect, prevent and respond to terrorism. Around $1.4 billion is being spent to strengthen Australia's counter-terrorist capabilities and we are confident we are prepared and well protected. But all of us can play a part by keeping an eye out for anything suspicious. Be alert but not alarmed. Together let's look out for Australia. If you see something unusual or suspicious, use your judgement. If it doesn't add up, ring up. See what they're saying? Lots of security measures are in place. The government believes we are ready. We don't need to fear. We can keep on going as normal. We don't need to be alarmed. But they say, let's work together. Keep an eye out for each other. Be alert. Very similar principle, isn't it, to what we're talking about with the return of Jesus. Not a bad comparison at all. No need to be alarmed. We are prepared if we're in Christ. No need to panic. But let's work together. Encourage each other. Jesus is coming. We don't know when. So be alert, but not alarmed. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus has died for us so that we can live together with him. We thank you so much that you have appointed us not to receive wrath on that final day, but to be saved. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we might always trust Jesus and stand firm in him. We pray for those people who worry and stress about when Jesus will return and try to find dates and so on. Father, please help them to know Uh, that they can have security only in trusting Christ. Please help them to rely on him and encourage others to do so as well. Father, we commit ourselves to you and we, we long for that day. We pray that it will come soon, that Jesus will return. We pray in his name. Amen.